0: wherever podcasts are available. In the immortal words of the band Train, I need a sign to let me know you're here, except you can't give me a sign because you're listening on headphones. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dorbush. I am your host for Beyond, episode 576. This week's episode of IGN's weekly PlayStation show, I am joined by Lucy O'Brien. Hello, Beyond. And Casey Defridis. Hey. Hey, Casey. Beyond. Thanks for coming back. This is your first time on in 2019.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm course. excited to talk about these topics we have planned. Yes,
0: very much so. Uh, glad to have you back because, of course, this week, as we have for the last couple weeks, we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 3.
2: What is that? Just before we move on yes. to that, what yes. was that intro? What was that
0: intro? I thought I had the song Calling All Angels by Train stuck in my head this morning. And so I I said the words. You really did. <laughs> and tried to segue you in. sure did. That was Decised what I them. did. It was great. I came up with an all-star one, but I'm saving that for when Max and Brian are on the show. Okay. So don't tell them that. <laughs> no. Um
1: Hopefully <clears> they don't watch this.
0: Other than Train and <laughs> – they they don't. Uh, other than Train and Smash Mouth, we're also going to be talking, of course, about Kingdom Hearts 3 because it's finally out in the world. Um, as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the day this show goes live, we – are staying spoiler free because this is only a day after the game has come out Mm -hmm. so we don't want to say too much uh i obviously played and beat the game casey's been working on the guide for the game she's a few worlds in Mm -hmm. lucy has not played it yet but is interested in the game i'm gonna play it uh, i'm gonna
1: play it there are questions we'll be
0: yes we have plenty of questions to talk about uh and then we'll also be going to a little bit of a news roundup of what else has been going on the industry while it's otherwise a pretty quiet release time but We will be talking about Monster Hunter. Casey would not be on a show if there was not Monster Hunter, <laughs> damn it. Um, it's in her contract. It's very specific. Uh, it's like the green M&Ms. But anyway, we are going to jump into Kingdom Hearts 3 discussion. Uh, as you may have seen, my review is up on IGN. I give- and it
2: was an excellent review.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I give an 8.7, so I thought it was a great game. Mm-hmm. I did not think a 10 out of 10, but I thought it was a great game. For those asking me to just add .3... And bump it up to a nine. I can't do that because I posted the review and that's not what I thought of the game.
2: And also that once you hit nine, the score word changes. Yes,
0: to amazing. Yes. And I do, there were a few caveats for me that, uh, held me back from hitting that point. Mm -hmm. Um, especially having like grown with the series and been with it since the start. There were a couple things there. So I think we'll definitely get into all that talk, uh, but from the start, Casey, from your perspective, too, now that you've been playing it a bit, you tell us a little bit for those who may not know how your like Kingdom Hearts experience has been in the past.
1: Okay, so I played the first one and beat it. I played most of the second one. I got to the very end of Chain of Memories, the re-release on PS2, and there was a boss that I just could not beat, and I quit. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was what? like yeah. um, completely fit. I was also very young when that happened, but <laughs> um it was about the very end of the game. So that's my experience with Kingdom Hearts so far. so far. Um the original Kingdom Hearts, so I never really expected consoles to be given to me as a child. I just – I waited until something made me really want it and then I would ask. Like I didn't ask for a Game Boy until Pokemon came out and I didn't ask for a 64 until Pokemon Snap. There's a trend. I don't know if <laughs> you can see that. But for the PlayStation 2, that game was Kingdom Hearts.
0: Because there was no Pokemon.
1: Yeah, there's no yeah. Pokemon Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> um But no, I saw the um, – I saw a trailer during like Toonami or something and – Simple and Clean was playing, and the gameplay looked awesome, and I loved the character design. And I mean, who doesn't like Disney? And I think I was, I don't know, like eleven or something when that happened, and that's when I asked for a PS2. So I got a PS2 specifically so I could play Kingdom Hearts, and it opened up the worlds of Final Fantasy to me because up to that point, I had I didn't know about it. So it was something that I would mention to people, and they was like, "Oh, actually." Uh Those characters are from Final Fantasy and then it be, let me kind of like bond with other people over different games that I hadn't even played yet because of Kingdom Hearts. So I appreciate it for what it did and it was a really fun game and I just remember going to people's houses and playing it even though I had already beaten it. It was just one of those games that everyone could connect on um, and I can't believe Kingdom Hearts 3 is finally out.
0: Uh 17 years <laughs> later for us yeah. uh, in the <laughs> States since Kingdom Hearts came out. How does it feel now to be playing Kingdom Hearts three? Weird, yeah,
1: <laughs> really strange, yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if my opinion of it, or if our opinions would be different of it if it actually come out when we're still so much younger. Mm-hmm. And but man, I am having a lot of fun. And I don't know if you guys know, but working on a guide for a game makes it very difficult to actually enjoy. Playing that game on like a visceral
2: level because you have to be so thorough
1: yeah you have to stop all the time to take notes and kingdom hearts has still been fun (laughs) which is a difficult thing for a game to do for me while playing it as for a guide
0: yeah you were talking to me about how like that process can really have a negative effect even for a game that you're really looking forward to because Mm -hmm. of all that certain stopping to it yeah um so what has like speaking of the things that have kept it fun for you what uh, has been that like what has been that motivation to keep you playing and keep you having fun with it?
1: There's just a, such a huge variety of things to do. I mean, there are treasure chests to find, there are side quests to do. Like I just put up a guide on how to find Golden Hercules in mm. Olympus. Um, there are these. Um, I don't know. Would you consider some of these side quests spoilery? I, I don't, um,
0: so yeah, I guess on a spoiler level, I said we'll be spoiler free. Anything that's been shown, I think, in a trailer. Uh, story-wise or gameplay-wise, we will still say it's fair game. Okay. Uh, we'll stay away from too much.
1: Okay, else, so I know you mentioned yeah. in previews puddings. Can I talk yes. about puddings? Yes, you
0: can talk about, or right. the flans. Yeah, they're, so they're the,
1: they're flan, but they're these flan heartless. <laughs> so you go into an, a world that you've already, um, encountered and explored, and you find these crowns with fruit on them sticking out of the ground, and if you approach them, these giant heartless flan come out, and present you with a challenge. In the first one, you have to do a like sort of uh, obstacle course on Goofy's shield. Like when he does the Trinity shield move to get yeah. through the fire in Olympus. And you have to collect flan. And in the second one, you have to take excellent pictures of flan. And
0: uh, <laughs> And then in the Toy Story one, you're stacking flan on top of you while not getting hit by other flan. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, this is just so
0: Kingdom Hearts. Do you want to know what the trophy is called for? Tell me. Beating them. You'll think it's one I made. The Flantastic Seven.
1: I love it so much. I really, really, really enjoy that. And the treasure chests are fun to find and not too frustrating to get. And the same thing with the flawed challenges. It's like if you do it a couple times, you'll get the hang of it and we'll eventually be able to do it. It's not overly frustrating but just challenging enough. And I'm I'm enjoying it. And I understand about 15% of the story. I'm sorry.
0: So I do wanna. I want to get back to the collecting and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, let, let's jump into I guess the story again, spoiler free. But so you have a like you have a good understanding of Kingdom Hearts one and two story. Yeah, like you've played those. You played most of Chain of Memories. The other stuff like Birth by Sleep and you know mm-hmm. uh, Dream Drop Distance on un- cha- Unchained Key and the yeah, yeah. Union Cross. All that. Uh Have you caught up with things? Have you been using recaps? Um, have you been reading I up on anything? Your recaps. My condolences.
1: And I read the story so far, and occasionally I go into my gaming group chat, and I'm like, "Hey, so why?" And I just ask really inane questions, and they do their best to explain things to me. <laughs> um, so whenever I have a question, I, I at least have friends that I can ask. But you know, even if I would say even if you don't have a full understanding of the story, you would still have fun with this game.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask because there have been a lot of questions about, like, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts. Can I get into this? But Mm -hmm. I think there is also that side of the coin. I think, Lucy, you are also one of these people who has played some Kingdom Hearts, Mm -hmm. but well, Yeah, I mean,
2: I played the first two. Yeah. Which you'd think would be enough, but It's not. Yeah, (laughs) there's
0: there's so much more going on, but I would say the game tries to tell you a lot about the history of it. it. Yeah. It tries to keep things, like, like if you're not aware of every little bit of lore, it does try to give you a summary. Yeah. Right. Um, and they did nicely add to the game after launch or just today, the memory archive. So you mm-hmm. can watch this like five part series also in game to get a bit of lore.
1: I am nice. excited. Have you watched? I haven't been able to watch them yet. No, I haven't. I'm, watched I'm them really yet. glad that they added them in. Um, well, I watched the first one, but okay. I played that game, so it wasn't that helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, they're just um recaps like in a storybook telling of all of the different games and what happened and they show cutscenes from previous games like okay. while well, they're telling you what happened, which is really nice and thoughtful of them yeah. to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. Is it true? Cause I, I read your review, mm-hmm. um, that in each world, they kind of do like a sh- tightened, shortened version of the sort of movie that the world is. So
0: each world is a little different this time around. That was like the, that was very much the setup in Kingdom Hearts 1 was almost beat for beat. This one, it's a mix of repeating stories and then original stories.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so like Tangled and Frozen and Pirates of the Caribbean a little bit are pretty much the stories of those movies. So like Tangled beat for beat is that movie. Frozen beat for beat, including some beats I didn't expect them to actually include in there, but they do, uh, on the musical level are in there. Um, <laughs> I won't say how I like involved it. I but like they're in it. I mean you
2: know Frozen's got a great soundtrack oh yeah
0: and they obviously have the full like voice cast back for those two movies which but, is great which is amazing mm. but uh, in some of the other worlds with Toy Story's Toy Box or Monstropolis for Monsters Inc those are original stories set after movies um big hero six's world is after the events of the original movie. Uh, I don't know if it ties into the TV show. I haven't seen the show, but so some of them are original stories, but very much using the same characters. And those are like, m- variably successful. Um, I'm curious to see what you think of toy story. Cause I know you've played through that one for sure. Absolutely. So I
1: actually haven't pl- played through toy story yet. Oh, you haven't. Yes, oh, you did no. Corona I, first. Yeah, I Oh, Corona okay. First. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I thought by level flow, you were doing Corona. first. Um, and how I'm are going, you feeling?
1: Um, how am I feeling about that one? Yeah, it's, it's Tangled, but also Sora, Donald, and Goofy are here.
0: <laughs> it's in, like, yeah. it's weird because some of those moments are really fun where it's yeah. like, it replays the scene where Rapunzel's out for the first time and she's like, oh my god, I'm loving this. Oh my god, I'm hating this. Yeah. Like, all those moments. And just Donald and Goofy are in the background. Like, yeah. is she okay? Like, what's going on here? But then you also get scenes that are, like, beat for beat from the movie without any of that, Mm -hmm. like, Kingdom Hearts twist to them.
2: From, like, a canon level, that just blows my mind. It's so weird, yeah. It's so strange it is allowed to exist like that. That
0: Disney would be okay with that. That Disney movies. would be like, yeah. yeah,
2: no, no, so just have this, like, all this iconic stuff from our movies and then just have, like, Sora in the background going, what the? It's yeah. just very, it's, I think, bizarre.
1: So didn't Mark do a, a one-to-one comparison of Tangled?
0: Yeah, so, uh, we will have a full video of, like, all the worlds that are compared, but they did a lot of scenes one-to-one from the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, you see them like that montage with them like popping in.
1: Really yeah. impressive is that – so Square Enix made all of these from scratch. Like did they did not use assets from Disney. They got
0: like character models yeah. is what I know of. And I think mm-hmm. like obviously I think advice and they were speaking to and checking in with the teams. But yeah, they weren't using like here's all of the assets from the movie because yeah. they act in such different ways. Mm-hmm. So they had to create so much from this from scratch and it's crazy seeing like – how good it looks in comparison to those. But it is that weird, like, canon thing, because obviously Disney was, you know, still a big company when the first Kingdom Hearts came out, but they are at such a megalithic level now yeah. that the idea that they would be okay with their characters intersecting in this weird way still is fascinating to me, because this is the only type of thing they do that with now.
2: It feels like a hangover from a younger, scrappier Disney.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they probably still had this contract they had to abide yeah. by, and so, like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I guess Donald can check if Elsa's okay yeah he can summon magic for her and make her feel better like it's it is really weird but like that's part of the charm of these games from the beginning was that you still get to see these weird things like a
1: really well crafted fan fiction
0: yeah (laughs) oh yeah that was I said in uh, I think the video review of like the the finale toward the end you especially get like fan fiction moments that you like have wanted for so long Mm -hmm. um but going back a little bit you were talking about the collecting aspect of it and sort of like the scope of what you yeah. can... How do you feel about like the world structures that you've seen so far? How much there is to collect? Do you feel like it's overwhelming? Do you think it's well laid out? Like, how do you feel about
1: that stuff I, so far? There is so much. It is kind of ridiculous how much to collect there actually is, especially when you go back to worlds. And I think there are some things you can't get until you unlock abilities later.
0: Definitely, yeah.
1: And man, there's a lot. But like I said, I haven't really encountered anything that... Is overwhelmingly difficult to find, and I think that's a lot. It's it's a relief <laughs> to be honest. Like yeah. there aren't going to be, I don't know, I can't even think of an example right now. But <laughs> I, there aren't going to be some impossible impossible to find things on your own. I think you could very comfortably find most
0: most of it, yeah,
1: of it without help. Like the hidden mickeys might have some trouble because some of them are kind of tricky. You have to look at them with. A particular perspective, yes. Like for yeah. example, in Kingdom of Corona, I was walking around the waterfall, and Donald's like, "Oh, there's a hidden, there's a lucky emblem around here." I'm like, "What are you talking about, Donald? There is nothing here." I I ran around that waterfall for I don't know ten minutes or so, and then later I came back to the area after you collected Rapunzel and climbed the tower and looked down, and it's like, "Oh, it's the rocks." Yeah. <laughs> so Donald's <It's> the rock. <laughs> it's the rocks. So Donald doesn't tell you. When you can actually see it, he tells you when you're next to it, but sometimes you can't see it when you're next to it. Yeah, but I, I do yeah. like
0: that aspect of the treasure hunt, cause it is, yeah. like that, that was something I really loved in the first couple of Kingdom Hearts that the side games had to go away from because of like the power of consoles they couldn't, of handhelds they yeah. couldn't put too much in them. But here you get, like in the first game, there were the trinities, there were obviously treasure chests, there were the 101 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. and here with like the lucky emblems and getting to also collect all the treasures and then things like finding the classic kingdom mini games that are like oh, old yeah. school, like Mr. Game and Watch games you can mm-hmm. unlock. Like just having those all scattered throughout the world really incentivizes peeking into every little corner of mm-hmm. these worlds and then also returning when you come back, like yeah. after you've beaten them. And
1: there's so much to do and you get rewards for doing these things too. I mean, the treasure chests obviously have stuff in them, but I think every... So often, um, when you're taking pictures of these lucky emblems, you get rewards for doing yeah. so, and getting all of them or, or most of them also unlocks some cool stuff too. So it's it's neat. It's it, nice. It actually rewards you. It's not collecting stuff just for the sake of collecting. You're getting things for it. Yes. Yeah. I and
0: appreciate. it it feels really much. Like my thing with open world games is when you are collecting just for the sake of collecting, and you can go like three hours and not find anything. Yeah, it feels like a waste of time. But whereas like here, if I'm in a world for an hour and a half, you can at least find you know recipe materials for Remy to bring mm-hmm. back to a shop so you can cook with Remy in a mini game, or like synthesis materials to bring back to the Moogle to make other items. Like it always feels like you're getting something to keep pushing you, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, um, and speaking of the Moogle, he he also gives you um. Photo missions. Yes. To go take pictures of certain things. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot. There's a lot to do. And I think the variety keeps it very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of variety, how are you feeling about the combat so far?
1: Um, there's a lot going on <laughs> with the combat. <laughs> and, um, some of it I just don't use at all. Like, for example, flow motion and, um, gosh, I don't even remember the term because I never use it, but shock. Shot lock. Shot lock. Yeah. That.
0: The slow zoom and then
1: you can target enemies. Man, I have a lot of trouble with that. I know you were telling me that you don't. But for example, in Kingdom of Corona, there are – maybe I'm just doing it wrong. You can tell me. But um, (laughs) no, there are – so in Kingdom of Corona, there's a grove of trees that you run into and all of the branches are highlighted in white to let you know that you can use shot lock on these. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to use it to get to a secret area, to get a chest, and it will not target on these trees it will target on one but not the other no matter how i look at it hmm. and i'm just really confused about it so anyway i just avoid using that unless i have to
0: i would say shot lock is definitely one of my like least used aspects too yeah. like i i used it okay but i never mm-hmm. felt like i still need to explore a bit so I'll yeah see how, like in terms of i haven't really used it for exploration much but in mm-hmm. battle i'd use it sparingly mm-hmm. mostly to just like give myself a second to breathe yeah.
1: but uh, like There's just so much going on in combat. It's very flashy, and I don't think it's overwhelming. I mean, you can choose to not use these things, or you can choose to. It's not like you'll be punished for not using all of the things that you have at your disposal, I think. Yeah. Like, what do you think? How often do you use links? Did you prefer magic? Did you prefer just using your keyblade? I use
0: links. Almost never, except for the fact that I was reviewing the game and felt like I needed to use them more. Uh, I did use them occasionally because they were really good instead of just using Cure. This is a mm-hmm. very, like, nitty-gritty thing, but instead of just using Cure magic to heal yourself, if you also summon, you get all your health back and a cool attack bonus. Yeah. So, like, that was a helpful thing to do. But... My focus was pretty much on building up keyblade transformations and attraction flow, cause mm-hmm. I felt like those were the best for crowd control. Yeah. Um, and like attraction flow, I love that because you can just summon these insane rides into the middle of your battle and it's just like, here's a pirate ship, just killing on a hundred heartless for no problem or, but like it's fun to use. Mm-hmm. So even though it detracts a little bit from the difficulty, I didn't mind. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, they're fun to use and they're so varied because yeah. you
0: don't, because
1: you have to rely on the random attractions that show up, um, you're not, it doesn't get boring, cause you're, cause I mean, usually if you have magic, you pick a favorite and then you use your favorite one and you can use the same one over and over again, yeah. whereas here you're forced to use a variety of them, which I yes. think is better.
0: Yeah, the randomization of them is really nice. And then also I love, I really loved like picking out my Keyblade arsenal to be like, Mm -hmm. these are the three Keyblades I want to use at any time so that I have these transformations and I have like this, that one and that Mm -hmm.
1: one. And even those are so varied, like the shooting star you get after Twilight Town turns into guns. Like it's just really neat. It
0: becomes dual pistols and then a rocket launcher versus like the Toy Story one, which is a, it turns into a toy hammer and then a set of drills, like Mm -hmm. drill claws that then essentially their final attack is to turn into like the claw from a machine get like one of those games and the claw just comes down and just whacks an enemy like crazy and just the variety to be like, Oh, I want area of effect attacks versus I want ranged attacks. Like you have that built in, in a way we never did before.
1: I think that's why it it stays fun because along with the worlds, the collectibles and how varied the combat is, you can play in a so many different ways and change it up as you play. It just doesn't get boring that way. Like if you get tired of using magic, start using your keyblade. If you get tired of this keyblade, use a different keyblade. Yeah. It's it, a lot you can do.
0: It keeps up the pace a lot and that was something when I got to go to Japan to talk to the developers, they were very much like, "Yeah, we wanted it to be at this fast pace, we wanted there to be a rhythm. We wanted there to be, you never felt like you were getting bored with it. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that. That seems to have come through really well. Um, Have you done much with the gummy ship then at your point in it?
1: No, No. but yeah, I, as soon as I got into the, the ocean between, right. Yeah. As soon as I got there, I became immediately overwhelmed.
0: because (laughs) It looks like a lot.
1: Yeah. It's like, Oh, there's a whole nother open world that I can explore with my gummy ship and unlock puzzles to get new things. Oh my God. (laughs) Like, wiki's nightmare yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. it's um, this whole new subsystem but i like the setup of it more because yeah. now that you're in free space it doesn't feel like if i want to engage in those battles that mm-hmm. are on rails i can but if i want to just zoom to a new level i can or if i'm like super interested in finding new recipes for my gummy ship i can do that like there's a freedom to it like yeah. there is with the other and
1: some of the ship designs they give you off the bat are ridiculous and adorable yes and yeah. the possibilities seem endless Yeah, how mm-hmm. do you think it it handles like do you think it's fun
0: it takes a little while to get going. I I liked it as it went on, but there is this weird thing where essentially if you're pushing forward and you turn the camera, you still keep going forward. Like mm-hmm. your control doesn't move with the camera. So I had yeah. to reorient my brain to be like, okay, if I'm pushing left on the control stick, I also have to push left while it's still adjusting, but then go back to push right forward. I
1: had some trouble with that as well. And I had some trouble with the controls during other things. Like during that, uh, the Flan minigame where you're on the shield, Yeah, like if you get turned around... The camera doesn't change orientation with the – it's
0: it's weird. There's a disconnect
1: there. Yeah. It's very weird. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But if you need help with Kingdom Hearts 3, be sure to check out our Kingdom Hearts 3 wiki, which Casey is working diligently on.
1: Let me know what you guys need and I'll make those pages first. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I ask my
2: questions? Yes. Yeah, I was actually just about to – because I haven't played, Jonathan has kindly given me some questions <laughs> to ask so I can participate in this conversation. The,
0: these come from, sorry, <laughs> these come from our Facebook group, by the way, at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. So
1: hey, wait, L- Lucy, let me ask you questions. So at the very beginning oh. of the game, you have to answer two questions. And the first one is, what is your desire? And you can choose between, like um, <laughs> yeah, you choose between wisdom, vitality and balance. Which yeah. do you desire? Vitality. Okay. And the second one is what power do you want? Uh-huh. And you're choosing between Mystic, Warrior, and Guardian. Warrior. Okay. So you Ooh. choose Vitality Warrior. That's yeah. what I chose. Interesting. So in the game, that would mean you would have more HP and you would learn abilities that give you more like melee combat focus. stuff.
2: Awesome.
0: All right. You already yeah. finished the first 20 minutes of the game. Congratulations. <laughs> you. See, you've played basically.
2: <laughs> uh Chris Small asks, what was something you were disappointed about with Kingdom Hearts 3 and what was something you were surprised that you enjoyed?
0: Um, I spoke a little bit about this in my review, but I think the pacing of the Disney worlds really threw me off because it is that thing where it's like a monkey paw curse thing where like because the game looks so beautiful now and it looks exactly like the movies almost, when it's not – in a storytelling level of the movies, you feel that disconnect now more than ever. Whereas like in the older kingdom hearts games, if there was a slower pace to a scene or it took a different angle on something, there were tech limitations and I was a kid and I could fill in the gaps, but like having grown older and seeing it from this perspective and now knowing what Disney creates in their movies and everything, like you see that disconnecting, like why is that scene playing out with less humor in it? And the pacing Mm -hmm. feels slightly off. Like Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of Disney magic lost in that sometimes. Um was there anything so far that's like dis- Yeah
1: so I was both disappointed and surprised that there were no Final Fantasy characters that I've seen so far Yeah
2: I was going to ask about that that was actually one of the questions that I that I wanted to know um cuz yeah it's always been it always was sort of like an even Yeah handed mashup between king uh, between uh like Final Fantasy and Disney Yeah but apparently there are no
0: it's, uh, at least so, so, so far from what you've been in, you've really not seen anything, correct?
2: Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen. Well, uh, um,
1: Hades mention Cloud and Auron. Yes. And yeah. that was obviously from Kingdom Hearts 1, so that's it. That's yeah. all I've seen. I will say like,
0: Mughal. from, yeah, the Moogle Zoe is there. Um, I will say, yeah, there's not really much Final Fantasy in there. Um, excuse me, it feels very much like it has become, it's transitioned in this later state to being a Disney and Kingdom Hearts thing. Like, right. Those are the two things that matter to the DNA now. And it is a bummer because like the Final Fantasy characters like Leon and Cloud and Aerith were important to the story in the first two games. Um, but I guess their storyline was resolved enough within the context of the games mm-hmm. to downplay it in this one. Right. And my guess is they were so focused on creating the Disney World and creating all that stuff and because there are so many Kingdom Hearts characters to now keep track of. Yeah, there's lots. There's lots of those. There are like so many people just on the cover alone who none of them are – that's only half of them. Yeah, There are like nine other people on the cover and it's like all of them other than Mickey, Donald and Goofy are original to the series. And so, yeah, it's one of those weird things where I think something had to be sacrificed I guess as they were trying to like – pair down but it is unfortunate because like for you it introduced me to final fantasy yeah
1: and that's how it was the same thing yeah
2: yeah. and what about something that you were surprised that you enjoyed
0: i think how much i've enjoyed the combat like i expected to enjoy it but i also thought it would be very familiar and just the fact that there are so many options to it is really fun and like keeps like i'm 40 50 ish hours in and i'm still enjoying it because i can every battle there are like 30 different options at my disposal which is really nice to have Mm -hmm. but Okay, um, Aaron
2: Lania asks, uh, what is your favorite world in any Kingdom Hearts game and why?
1: I, I really enjoyed the, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. That one's worlds. great. I mean, just like even the costumes yeah. that Sora and his friends put on are just so awesome to experience for the first time.
0: They're I amazing. Just,
1: yeah. And I just really like that movie. So <laughs>
0: the aesthetic of those worlds is so great especially when they transition into kingdom hearts 2 and Mm -hmm. bring you to like the christmas town side of it so much more yeah i I love those worlds i think for me on a like gameplay level i'm gonna stay with kingdom hearts 3 probably the caribbean right um, okay um from pirates of the caribbean uh because it's
2: so weird because it's like i don't know I I, I mean it is pirates which is great, yeah. but it's like I don't care about the characters. No,
0: and... And, and like on a on a story level, I couldn't care less because right. the the movies have gone so far off the deep end. And even at World's <laughs> End, which I appreciated, I like off the
1: deep end at World's End. <laughs> yeah, thank you.
0: Um it, it still wasn't like a I had lost a lot of love for that franchise at that point. But the fact that it operates like a mini Assassin's Creed Black Flag, where you get to there's just such a good sense of discovery to it of like. Oh that island is totally different looking than that one and that one has a really big focus on there like underwater coves you can go to while this one has like huge pillars of rock that you can ascend to the top of and this there are thirty ship battles in the middle and there's collect all these other things and then there is Port Royal which is like a functioning town that you can go explore too so there's just such a variety to it that I love okay uh,
2: Phil Mansfield asks and this is uh, do this off the top of your head uh well if anyone can, it can oh i will you. i will uh rank the kind of kind of <laughs> rank the kind of <laughs> funny. funny uh rank the kingdom hearts theme songs
0: uh, of course the big three there would be simple and clean sanctuary or passion in yeah. japanese and uh face my fears which is the new one Simple and clean, I think, still takes the top spot for you. Yeah, me. for you two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna. Okay, yeah, simple and clean. Sanctuary is the new one.
0: You, you yeah. have. Fa- I have faced yeah. my fears at number two. Oh, really? Yeah, when that Skrillex bass drop comes okay. in. I mean, it is I, I'm really good. Not, I just, I that's a jam that really gets me going. I don't know why.
2: I just, don't say that the Kingdom Hearts song gets you going. It gets, it gets
0: me real excited. <laughs> <to> <laughs> save my friends.
2: They're really good. Songs.
0: Yeah, just yes. excited that's excited to save your friends. It gets that's me good. excited for an adventure. Is that that's good?
1: good. Yeah. So for forever and a half ago, (laughs) when I went on – when I played Neopets when I was a child, (laughs) um, everyone would make their own sites with HTML in Neopets, which is crazy, right? But I went to someone's website and they had a a Kingdom Hearts background and it played – Simple and clean. Mm. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And I bookmarked it just so I could listen to that song on their page. And I wonder how many views they got just because they did just that. Good,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, amazing. I know what you want. And uh, it's still your homepage to this day. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah.
2: Just start it up. Uh, George Arsenega. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, Vargas asks, favorite keyblade of the cast and why?
0: Uh from this one I really love the design of the pirates one because the handle is a the wheel of a ship and then as the keyblade goes up it has essentially like the netting from a ship like attached to it to kind of like give you this really cool fan effect. I I love that one. I think it's just gorgeous. I always no, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you.
1: I always really like Riku's Keyblade. Yeah. Cause it was so edgy. <laughs> and I'm into the, it. The like
0: very sword looking one. Well, like, yeah, on the and there's neighbor.
1: like a wing on one side and it just like, it's just, it looks like it belongs in the hands of a villain and I just oh, yeah. like it.
0: That's okay. the most like, if my chemical romance had a Keyblade, it would <laughs> exactly. look like
1: that. Oh, okay.
2: That's see, the I see, yeah. I see. Yeah, I see. That helps. It's got a very clear picture <laughs> in my head now. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Mohammed asks, I'd love to hear what the franchise means to each of you. When did you first experience it? How did it affect your gaming life? Did it change or help you appreciate your friends and relationships?
0: Aww. Aww. We-, we talked about I this. I feel like
1: right, I already already answered this. So just rewind back to the beginning of the show. Yeah. We'll, but put, very-
0: we'll put a very specific time code in there, Ronnie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, for me, it was one of those things where it was the game. I, the reason I bought a PS2, uh, I got it for Christmas where, I brought it up to, like, my room to plug it in, started watching the opening cutscene, and I so fell in love with that opening cutscene that I replayed it, like, 30 times, just watching it over and over, while my entire family was, like, downstairs having a wonderful Christmas together, and I'm like, I need to watch this scene again. <laughs> and I just, like, I couldn't stop playing. I think I went downstairs, ate dinner in, like, five minutes, and then ran right back up to keep playing, because I just, like, couldn't stop. Uh And then, like... When Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, one of my friends stayed home from school that day and he was like texting me and I'd like check it at lunch because it wasn't allowed to have my phone <laughs> and he'd be like, already six hours in. And I'm like, how? What? This isn't fair. And I got home and he's like, oh yeah, I'm already three worlds in. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I haven't started this. Um But yeah, it, it's always been like a series that I had all this affection for and like – Getting to be in the room at E3 2013 when they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 as being real was tremendous. And then getting to cover the game has been amazing. And so it's been this, like, really nice full circle thing because it was one of the games that, like, really, really solidified a foundation of love for me in gaming. Uh, and on the, like, friends and relationships thing, like, it's as sappy as you can get, but this is a series full of sappiness. Like, there's a line in the first game where Sora's like, my friends are my power. And it's a cheesy line said by a 13-year-old when he's facing these giant evil heartless but as someone who like f- the friends in my life have always been my family and the people I always turn to like it has meant a lot to me in that capacity
2: Oh, well, um, that's such a lovely answer <laughs> my uh, my answer is terrible compared to that <laughs> um, I'm much older than both of you so I I had I was studying at university when I was playing two, I think and um I was doing studying theater and film so we were just like really we partied a lot and we fooled around with each other. And it was just like, it was that kind of a degree that I was doing. And I lived in this like house of debauchery, (laughs) which was just like the center of it all. Um, and in between, like, just being a despicable young 20-something, uh-huh. I was playing Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs>
0: so it's got really weird connotations yeah, for me, which are not specific. particularly wholesome. Um, I woke up on Christmas morning to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I just had a real big fight with my roommate, who I'm also in love with, and then I went and saved Agrabah.
2: <laughs> Essentially, yes, yes. Um, so good times. It's quite good a times place with in the that world. series. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: obviously, we all now have a brand new time with kingdom hearts three. It's kind of crazy. That's out. Uh, also for reference, if you're watching the video show, uh, on the table, we have, what is the kingdom hearts deluxe edition that was available via the square Enix store. So essentially with it, you got, uh, this cool art, Book with I'm, I'm not going to open it for spoiler reasons. You get uh, Lucy's already going for the toys. Oh no, Donald's foot came off. It's okay. It's it okay. keeps coming off. I know. I I kind of was fiddling with it earlier. I don't think you get it's this, a real foot, Jonathan. It's a real foot on a fake toy. You get uh, this Kingdom Hearts three pin. They've had pins with a lot of the collections. There's a steel book. You obviously get a copy of the game, and then you also get the three toys of Sora, Donald, and Goofy in their Toy Story form.
2: A great quality. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, no, it, it happens. Feet easily fall apart. No, I I love the design of them in the yeah. Toy Story world. So I think they are really cool they're awesome they were super limited edition so i don't think they're currently available they may make them again but uh these are like a really awesome collectible because i one of my favorite things about them is always he'll stand up eventually is always the their world designs how they shift from world to world so to be able to have like one of the coolest ones from this game in real life, is really cool, and is, it has like it's so
1: people. meta because they're their toy version.
0: Exactly, it's the toys as <laughs> toys, and I love that so much. So this is a really cool thing. But of course, uh, if you're out there playing Kingdom Hearts three, please let us know what you think about it. Uh, we'll be tabling Kingdom Hearts discussion going forward, obviously, because now that the game is out, we'll probably go into a little bit of spoiler territory in a couple weeks. But there's obviously so much more coming out in the coming weeks, and so much else to talk about. In partnership with Starburns Audio, IGN is proud to present Human to Make Games on Apple Podcasts every Wednesday. Hosted by comedian and Adam Ruins Everything star, Adam Conover, Human to Make Games offers insights into the origins of games like Spelunky, The Binding of Isaac, and more from the people who actually make the games. The first two episodes are already live, so go start listening now. Uh, moving on from Kingdom Hearts 3, I thought we could cover a few things going on news-wise, just in other games and not Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Casey, of course, you had mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Monster Hunter. Off you go. Okay,
1: well, I really wanted to talk about this, so... Um, Last week was Monster Hunter World's anniversary. Um And to celebrate, Capcom put on the Appreciation Fest and it's going on until February 22nd. So oh, it's wow. like a super long event and they came out with a new event called the Greatest Jagras. So basically they pulled. they didn't even have to pull. they just saw the stats. And the most hunted monster in Monster Hunter World has been the Great Jagras because it's the first big monster you fight. So mm-hmm. obviously it's the one that's been killed the most. <laughs> and. So they made an event where they give you a super powered giant Great Jaggers to fight that can now, uh, body slam a Devil Joe. And I know that doesn't mean much to you guys, but a Devil Joe is an incredibly hard monster to fight. And its opening movie was it, uh, coming at you with a Great Jaggers in its mouth and using it as a weapon. So, uh, <laughs> the giant Great Jaggers gets revenge on the Devil Joe. And while you fight it, it, uh, vomits, uh, really, uh, rare decorations that
0: you use
2: to... Um...
0: <laughs> I was waiting. I was I waiting know. for what it was. What's the I was waiting. I was like,
2: what is it, what is it for? It, it rare decorations. I would never have said that
0: in a million
1: years. <laughs> and you use um those... You use the jewels to attach to your armor to give you abilities. And it's really difficult to farm these things at the end. Like, there's some... So you want to make sets to do specific things in Monster Hunter. Like, if you're using... I don't know, Bogon, you want like Xeno divinity, or if you're using a lance, you want Uragon's guard and just other things like that. And so sometimes to make efficient builds, you need these decorations to give you skills. Um, and they finally gave us an event that gives you like 50 <laughs> jewels in one. One go. So if you okay. haven't done this event, guys, that play Monster Hunter, you have to go do it. You get so many jewels just in one go. And just so you know, it is an HR 50 event and these thing hits really hard, but you can do it.
0: Is, um, <laughs> so this is roughly – it goes on until the end of February, so
1: you So the Greatest Jagras goes on until February 7th. Okay. And then there's a new event featuring the Least Hunted Monster – which is the Lavasios and uh, the Lavasioth armor and weapons are fine. So like that's probably why it was at least hunted and it was <laughs> never a mandatory quest to do either. Okay. Um, but this one can also drop, uh, Face stones as well which is what it's called before they're appraised into jewels um but it's not out yet but that one's coming around on uh february 7th and then on february 9th geralt from the witcher is coming
0: right yeah yeah
1: so there's like a ton of stuff going on in monster hunter appreciation fest all of the event quests that have come and gone are back and ready now so like I missed a lot of the arc-tempered monsters when they came around last year because I was working on other things, but they're all back right now. Oh, that's really cool. And, man, they're really hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're playing with other people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I first jumped into Monster Hunter, I don't know why, but I was struggling to f- to find anyone else to play with. And, mm-hmm. yeah, some of those battles, when you're trying by yourself, yeah. are really hard. Yeah,
1: incredibly difficult. Yeah. You have to practice a lot when you're by yourself to really learn the monster's movements and attacks to be able to judge when to guard or when to dodge or when not to attack, when to attack. And when you have other people to distract it, it becomes a little bit easier to not get, you know, pinned into a corner, into a bad spot. Yeah. And it's also a lot more fun to just have, you know, voice chat on and be talking to everyone. It's like, oh, it's using the big move. Like everyone watch out. It's like, oh, being attack and just – you know, you get to sound at each other and-
0: Like the people at an E3 conference when they're like, go left, go left, hang her right, you yeah. can get him. Nice Copy job. that, Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, Roger, roger. Be careful, it's coming with its ultimate attack right now. And it's like, no, I don't talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> I do scream and make really stupid noises. It's a lot so. more I'm Swearing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's, yeah. They don't really show that on the E3 stage. That's um, cool. I mean, maybe
2: I, I've been meaning to get back into Monster Hunter because I really loved it. Mm-hmm. And I sunk a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. But I I just – something else came out and
0: I put it down yeah. and never picked
1: it back up. But. It is so good and so I, I put in, I think I posted on Twitter, like, so they had the PlayStation in review.
0: Yeah. Your, your number was insane. It was
1: stupid. I think I have like around 1700 hours total and 500 of those hours are Monster Hunter.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> My highest was God of War at, I think, 83 hours.
1: And then God of War and Assassin's Creed, um, tied for second at both at 120. Wow. I did guides for all yeah, three of those games. So that'll disclaimer. Do, it. <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah.
0: Um, but speaking to, uh, Lucy's point of like maybe wanting to jump back in. Do you think now is a good time for people who maybe fell off it to jump back in? Do you also think it's a good time for people who have heard a lot about Monster Hunter and never really got into it to jump in?
1: Yeah, I think if you want to get into it, you should get into it now because there's a huge expansion coming out at the um, end of the year called Iceborne. And it's going to be a, a paid expansion because it's going to be huge. It's going right? to be a whole new location, dozens of new monsters, new armor sets, a new difficulty level. There's going to be a ton of stuff in it. And especially right now with all of those event quests, especially if you dropped off and want to get back into it, you have a whole month to play all of these event quests that you might have missed before. So you can get caught up really quickly. Um Man, and it's just such a good game, and the community is so welcoming and nice. And if you really want people to play with, you can always go on the Reddit, and like you can probably find Discords, and people will walk you through the game and help you out. And I've always really appreciated and loved that about the Monster Hunter community. I know I said that a million times, but
2: no, it's cool. It's not. It's it's also really important when you identify great, healthy communities Mm -hmm. in 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 gaming. Yeah, to you know elevate them, give them a little bit of love Mm -hmm. because it's not as common as. Yeah. As, it, as, as we, would, as like we would like it to yeah. be. Yeah, I think
1: it's just people understand how difficult it was to get into Monster Hunter and get mm-hmm. to the point where they could fully grasp and be good at the game. And now they really love it and they want other people to also love it. Mm-hmm. So they work hard to make that happen for other people. And that's kind of how I feel as well. And man, and just playing it with your friends is just so much fun and rewarding. Like we fought arc Tempered Xeno a couple of times on Sunday night and Uh, it killed us three times because nothing hits really hard (laughs) and when we finally beat it we were so relieved and exasperated and excited and as soon as we got back to the main hub we're like oh we have to go back to the armory and check out what armor we can get from it and it's just exciting and it's also really interesting and varied because every time we would go fight a new really hard monster we would all want to retool our armor sets and which weapons we were using to be able to do it best. So there's a lot of different ways to have fun with that game, especially if you like tinkering with stats.
0: Yeah, it seems like like. (laughs) there's a lot of, possibilities and so especially mm-hmm. for people who maybe fell off with what they've kept adding and how they keep updating it yeah it seems like a really great time to jump back in especially mm-hmm. before that what sounds like a sequel being put yeah in an expansion capcom has great. done such a great job
1: at adding new free content all the time that is challenging and interesting and i really appreciate it and like that game and i'm glad so many people got into it as well finally yeah. <laughs> you
2: brought your toys yeah. yeah i
1: did so this is a, a rathian and this guy over here is uh, Naguragante and he's the you know flagship monster of Monster Hunter World. He is an elder dragon who uh I won't say it it's a spoiler technically in case you haven't played it but
0: is Donald Duck.
1: Yeah, he also eats Donald Ducks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What a transition. Uh, uh, moving on to a few other things that have been announced recently. I wanted to bring this up since we were talking about the game so much last week. Resident Evil 2 has Ghost Survivors DLC coming out. Uh, it's being released in February, on February 15th specifically. And this will essentially put you in the shoes of gun shop owner Robert Kendo, the mayor's daughter, and a soldier in three different episodes. And it's called the uh, Ghost Survivors DLC. That's very cool. You excited? Um, but is it
1: is this totally new? Was it in the original game? I don't know anything. No. no? Okay, cool. So it's like super new.
0: It's essentially telling you like side stories of survivors in the Raccoon City outbreak. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Which I'm I'm curious to see how they approach that because there's obviously like such a mythos to the original Resident Evil 2 and now to this one with the remake, but they did add new content to the story in general here too. So it's nice to see them keep up the support for it. Lucy, have you you've played a bit more since we
2: Yeah, yeah. um I I'm almost at the end. Uh, I I did a stupid thing. Oh no! I started a really big boss fight on caution health Ooh. and uh, very low ammo. <sighs> so and 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 the boss fight starts with an unskippable cutscene. Oh no. So I I'm just, I'm at this point and like, this is, I still love the game. It's still amazing. <laughs> this isn't like, this isn't a complaint. This is my own fault. Sure. <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's, it's been, it's been a trial. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, just because this particular boss just quarters your health in one hit. Mm. And he's very hard to move away from, especially in the beginning. He kind of like, he's got you cornered. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of, it's, like five times out of ten, he'll hit you if you don't move in just the right moment. Yeah. Oof. So it's yeah, it's I, I'm I've, I've done that to myself, <laughs> and, that's, and that's where I'm at. Hopefully next week I can be sitting here and say, and, and say I beat it. You and I'm on it. the B yeah. storyline. It's yeah. It, it, this is the first time I've actually found myself like really struggling. Like mm. I, I haven't died much. It's okay. been fairly okay yeah reasonable Uh, i'm just i'm playing on standard difficulty man Um, i can't
1: i can't remember the last time i played a game that like put you in that kind of situation where you could start a boss fight with an unskippable cutscene yeah it's
0: rough oh man i'm so happy kingdom hearts lets you skip cutscenes if you need to so if you die you can just go right back into it yeah and
1: speaking of skipping cutscenes in kingdom hearts you can actually skip the cinematics that play in battle so if you go into config in your menu you can turn those off
0: oh yeah i know it's a nice like ease it's, thing, yeah.
1: It sounds silly that you would want to do that, but after 15 hours of watching the same two second cutscenes multiple times in one fight, it's really nice to be able to get rid of them. Yeah. Sorry for that. Uh, no, side no, no, no. Like, I, 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 <laughs>
2: listen, I am
0: right there with yeah. you. <laughs> if you can skip a cutscene, Lucy will skip that cutscene. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I need to finish that one up as well, but I'm, it's very cool to see that they're continuing support for it afterwards, especially with something that we had talked about of like the legacy of it, but they're also adding so much new to it that I love seeing that they're willing to take these risks with it. I'm excited to see where they go from here. Uh, moving on a little bit more PlayStation focused news, uh, Quantic Dream, the developers of Detroit Become Human, uh, or is it Detroit? Become human, beyond two souls, I almost said Detroit Beyond Human.
2: I mean, uh, they're, they're inherently games have very silly names. Yes,
0: and heavy rain. Uh, they've announced that NetEase has taken a minority stake in the company and that essentially they're going to be developing for multi-platform going forward. Uh, so that Quantic Dream has never been a like first party studio, but they've been essentially what is like second party, that nebulous term where they were making uh exclusives for Sony for the last their last few games uh Detroit being the last obvious example of that um it's an interesting move because i think there's always been a lot of discussion of like is Sony going to buy Quantic Dream like they keep having them make these exclusives and mm-hmm. they're so unique in terms of being these very cinematic adventure games but they still stayed stayed somewhat independent uh, and obviously they're going in a different direction um Lucy having reviewed quite a few
2: I've reviewed all of them except for Fahrenheit.
1: Oh, Indigo Prophecy. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, they have, yeah, different, the, they the have different,
2: different titles. Be- yeah. Because um I actually re I re reviewed he- Heavy Rain.
0: Oh, uh, okay. It was like the And they did the, the re release. Re release. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, how do you think wh- what do you think this means in general for like Sony's stable of exclusives? Do you think this will I, be a huge impact?
2: I mean I'm not <sighs> I,
0: uh, 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 how do I
2: do this diplomatically? I'm not like, I, I don't think it's a massive loss for for Sony in terms of uh, exclusives. Like, yeah, sure, David Cage and co. are doing this kind of storytelling on a bigger budget. Um, but what they're, what they're doing isn't dramatically unique. Mm-hmm. You know, interactive storytelling is a is a thing that exists in the video game world. I suppose that yeah, I, I suppose <laughs> the only real difference with them is that they had so much money to play with. Sure. So every game was this magnum opus. yeah, um, yeah, look, I mean, I, 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 with that said, you know i do I do like that it, it was doing something a little different. Um and that Sony could say, okay, look, this is you know, we we have a whole plethora of experiences in our exclusives uh that you can enjoy. And now I guess they don't have uh David Cage's Fever Dreams uh, <laughs> on that on that list anymore. I, I yeah I mean I'm just neither here nor there about it. It's not sure. like I don't feel like it's a big cutting loss. Yeah.
0: I think two or three million sales which not bad. Yeah. Definitely not bad, but yeah, it's certainly not up to, I guess, God of War and Spider-Man last year.
2: Yeah, and I just, I also just think, you know, we, we do, we are in an era of real prestige PlayStation exclusives, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that a bar has kind of been organically set, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure whether, uh, Quantic Dreams games f- are up, up to that standard. Sure, yeah. Have- um, even, you know, even, I enjoyed Detroit, like, I scored it an eight. Um, yes, I thought yeah. it, it it did choice and consequence very well, Um but yeah, I, I it's it's they still stumble in basic storytelling areas. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I always play them in spite of themselves usually. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm going through it for the it, intrigue of how how do the permutations work rather than being invested in the characters in those permutations?
2: Yeah. They're just, they've always traditionally been just incredibly on the nose. There's yeah. no subtlety there. And it's, it's weird because you know, you, there's far more subtlety mm-hmm. in storytelling and God of war and Spider-Man than there was in these story based interactive dramas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I actually really enjoyed Indigo Prophecy. Right. When I first played <laughs> it, but that game got really weird and strange and I had, no idea what was going on and i really like that <laughs> yeah
2: i mean yeah I, I do i like i like the craziness of it like mm-hmm. there is a certain part of me that likes to just sit back and go okay what has he yeah. come up with now yeah what's your new thing cage um but yeah i i, I you know they do tend to be really long and mm-hmm. I, I i feel that weirdness alone can't carry you through all yeah. carry you through I, did, I
1: had a lot of i did a let's play with max um with uh detroit and we had a lot of fun doing that
2: but oh I mean, definitely yeah. fun to play with someone else yeah, yeah. sure yeah,
0: yeah those types of games work really well when you're making choices together mm-hmm. people yeah but it's it's an interesting yeah the the storytelling varied wildly enough for me where it was like i would enjoy a scene and then hate the next three and then kind of like one and they, there could just be so many ups and downs mm-hmm. but yes I, i'm curious to see i would assume obviously with more uh Different set of funding and everything. I don't think they're suddenly going to be like we now make first-person shooters that have RPG elements. I don't think they're going to. No. Oh no, no, their whole, their whole
2: studio is based around this type of game, and yeah. this type of technology. Yeah,
0: so I think we'll see that just on different platforms. It, them speaking to multi-platform, I think that means to me PC and mobile more so than like Xbox oh. or Switch. I think like put these games on mobile and make them episodic. And they'll probably try to go for that, but it'll be curious Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens to that studio, but obviously we talked a, bit, a lot about Detroit last year and we'll not be talking necessarily about their next PS4 exclusive, <laughs> uh, but we'll see if it comes to PlayStation next. Uh, I did want to mention before we wrap up some of the new stuff, uh new Spider Man suits are out there, the Fantastic Four suits, the Feature Foundation suit, and the Bombastic Bagman suit. Uh no other like huge content in there, but the suits are always pretty and immediately people came out with amazing photos that just make me jealous of people's ability to do that in game and I can't believe we can make games look like this now. Yeah. Uh and then also as we're recording, PlayStation Plus games have not been announced for February. They will probably be announced an hour after we record. Uh, so <laughs> enjoy Sorry. them Enjoy them whatever they are. We'll probably Hidden talk vomit? about them. (laughs) Uh, we'll probably talk about them in the weeks to come if there's anything of note there but uh, before we wrapped up I did want to point to something that came up late last week Uh, GDC the game developers conference they put out a yearly survey that's basically a state of the industry report Uh, and they this year they pulled 4,000 people from across the industry in various fields uh, and essentially get a sense of how people are feeling about the gaming industry, where production is focused, what types of games are the focus, how people – like just in general of those things and the two biggest stats that we pulled away from it, one of them being that 18 percent of developers they polled and granted this was just a sample size – said that they're working on next-gen games. Two percent of that was exclusively next-gen and then 16 percent said they're working on games both for current-gen and next-generation. Mm-hmm. So
1: it sounds like it's kind of like a – Twilight Princess Breath of the Wild situation where they're making games for both?
0: Yeah, they're either straddling the line or, like, a studio has a small team working on a concept for a future thing. Or, like, I mean,
2: that'd be most AAA developers. I would assume I mean, one. you know, yeah. the, when
0: you look at the breadth of game
2: development, there's a lot of indie devs in there, so yeah, I would say that's a s- sizable amount. Yeah,
0: and, and obviously we don't know who is responding to this poll, so we don't yeah. know those 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we, we've seen, like, so many job listings recently, too, for, like, on Rocksteady or I think on Activision sites like for them developing games for the next generation of platforms. So it's very much like I, like you're saying. I think all of those major studios, their minds are focused there. Yeah. Um, I know, Lucy, we've talked a little bit about it. But just Casey to get your feeling because normally you're on Nintendo Voice Chat where you guys yeah. are very much focused on the Switch currently. Yes. And whether or not there's a re-release of the Switch or an enhanced version or so. But as we look toward like PS4 and Xbox One successors, how far away do you think we are?
1: Man, I, I kind of wanted to be farther away than I think other people do.
0: <laughs> no, I think, I think you're in stint with
2: us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're
0: okay with waiting a bit. Yeah. So.
1: I'm also okay. I think we'll probably see one release in the next four years. Cause if you look at the, like when, so when did the, the PS4 come out? What
0: 2013. 2013. Out, yeah. So,
1: I, and we were getting new consoles every five years or so.
0: Yeah. Before that big so, 360 PS3 generation yeah. was about a five year.
1: So it's yeah. been,
0: we're at six years now.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been 5 years. So I think we are it's about time for them to start talking about next gen, which I think they've already been doing. So I would expect them to at least talk about it in the next year or so and tell us what it's going to be called and maybe when it's going to be released. Um on the other hand Nintendo, I don't think we're going to get another one (laughs) they'll
0: do what they want yeah yeah
1: yeah. well whatever
0: i'm looking forward to another like run of e3 where when they first showed like watchdogs and everything and they're like we can't tell you what this is on and it was very clearly the next generation they just couldn't say anything Mm -hmm. uh the other stat though that was interesting from the gdc report was and i'll pull up the exact but essentially that just under 50 percent of game industry professionals who they pulled feel that it's time for people to unionize yeah. Um, and that
2: is a huge number.
0: Yes, that is a massive.
2: I think this year's GDC is gonna be really interesting because last year there was one very shambolic, by all accounts, uh conversation about unionization. Yes. It yeah. was a bit of a disaster. I yeah. think Chloe Rad from our team was there. I
0: just pulled up her report on it. Yeah, it yeah.
2: was it was just it was a shambles, really. Um and the conversation ever since then has just intensified so what's gonna be really interesting i think at this gdc is we're really gonna see that conversation crystallize and there is going to be a lot of like passion and um calls to action i think um it's gonna be really interesting to watch it all go down yeah i mean i think it is i don't know about you guys but i think it is so beyond time yeah for the games industry to unionize it's yeah. so ridiculous that it hasn't happened yet um you know, and it'd be really nice not to uh, write another story about uh, you know people working 100-hour weeks and yeah. like neglecting their families and like family members going on message boards to complain. You know, it's just we've yes. we've be, yeah. been doing this ever since we got into this media yeah. business. Yeah, um, it'd be really nice for the for those
0: stories to stop to disappear. Yeah, that would be. It's it's interesting, especially after you were saying like that gdc sort of panel that was not really sort of a mm. uh, pro-union thing and then in the wake of that of all the reports dealing with rockstar and then obviously the telltale closure and the, all the stories that came out of that like it, it's felt like it's such an important like that topic has never not been important but it feels like it's been so much more in the public eye yeah especially in this last year yeah uh, one because of the people who can speak up and two just like the proliferation of it happening
1: I have to, I have to ask. I mean, obviously that would be great if people could stop working 100 hour weeks and neglecting their families, but are fans going to be okay? Would they be okay with what that means with like maybe having a more broad release date that doesn't get, doesn't come?
2: I mean, I think it's, it depends on how you look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you think that, uh, time spent, Mm is necessarily equates to good work yeah <laughs> which it's i don't think true. is necessarily true mm-hmm. um if you think of people having being in a good mental health space mm-hmm. to create good work mm-hmm. because they have had enough sleep and they've had a regular meal schedule and they would have spent time with their loved ones i mean that's how i look at it why I, I think it's a it's a really dangerous uh, concept that we have as our general my you guys are, you guys are a bit <laughs> below me, but like you know it's a it 's a, a millennial concept of um the the more time you spend at work, the more work you do and it 's just not true yeah. it 's yeah. just not true because you burn out
0: mm-hmm. yeah so. it 's very true I think like knowing that obviously unions are so important to the work that gets done in movies and t v and other entertainment industries like it, the industry would have to adapt. And that might mean like drastic changes to what companies are making games or like how big they are. And there may be huge restructuring efforts that happen. But I think there are clear uh, indications that multi-department entertainment businesses can operate that way with unions involved. And I think it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. And they just –
1: so businesses just have to be better. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be more realistic with their expectations yeah
0: yeah, and if that means we don't get release dates until a month before that's fine yeah yeah, when I'd they, be
1: totally fine with that yeah
0: I th- I th- I'm willing to take whatever sacrifices need to be made so people can eat meals when they're supposed mm-hmm. to them. that would be nice exactly uh, oh, what
2: is what is a, a meal at the right time
0: <laughs> <supposed> <laughs> there's some ice cream still in the fridge I'm I mean. flashing
2: back to eating cornflakes at 2am I mean I had cupcakes for lunch yesterday so <laughs> sounds great
0: uh, Casey when you're not busy eating cupcakes for lunch or working on the Kingdom Hearts 3 wiki guide where can People find you in your. World.
1: Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Shiny KCD
0: And you're also usually on Nintendo Voice Chat. Yeah, I am. Our Weekly show. You can actually
1: uh, see me hosting that show Ooh, this week.
0: Exciting. I so so yeah. hope you guys have something to talk about. It's a um, shame nothing ever happens to Nintendo.
1: I know nothing at all. Well, I definitely can't talk about Monster Hunter World. so no.
2: Thank you for inviting me here. Happily,
0: <laughs> more than happy. Well, <laughs> thank I'm. Thank you f- for bringing your
2: toys. Yes, That's very cute. Uh,
0: Lucy, where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luce O'Brien L-E-C-E O-B-R-I-E-N and uh, same handle on Instagram.
0: And I am at J.M. Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. You can come tell me why my Kingdom Hearts 3 review was wrong on there. Or tell me what you loved about the game, too, because I'd love to hear what you all think as you're playing. Uh Again, this has been Beyond Episode 576. New episodes are live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. And then Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific on YouTube and podcast services. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, Beyond.
1: Beyond. Beyond.